Hello again to everyone out there. It's nice to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. This is Bill Allen coming to you from downtown Tyler, Texas uh, in the West Irwin Church of Christ. Glad to be with you today. Glad to be continuing our Facebook study on these Tuesday and Thursday studies. We're going through uh, the whole Bible this year in 2022. I hope you're reading along. I am following uh, the outline of the Daily Bible in Chronological Order by Dr. Effligard Smith, edited by him, and uh, we're following that plan as we go through the Bible this year, this calendar year, reading through it in chronological order. And if you've been following along, then you know that we are well into the time of Moses and the Israelites uh, beginning the wilderness wanderings and being there uh, for 40 years. And in the reading that we're going to be discussing today, we find out why exactly they were there for 40 years. What prompted that? And uh, scripture tells us that in this story that we're hearing about uh, today. We've been through the book of Genesis, which was a, a solid chapter 1 through chapter 50 reading. But now that we're in the rest of the Pentateuch, which is the what is referred to as the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, when we get to Deuteronomy, it'll be more like it was in Genesis, but right now, it's uh, it won't be exactly like that, but it'll be closer than we are now. Because right now, we're just getting into that time where if you're wanting it to go all the way through the book of Exodus before you get to Leviticus, you're disappointed because even today's reading finds us in the book of Numbers. Uh, again, the Bible is not written in chronological order, but we're studying it and reading it in chronological order, basically from uh, the time period that, that these books were written or that these events happened. And so that's what we're what that's what we're doing these days. And we have seen Moses born and grown and fleeing Egypt and coming back at the call of God, Yahweh, the Great I Am from the burning bush, uh, delivering the Israelites from Egyptian bondage, uh, the ten plagues against Pharaoh and Egypt, uh, the last one being the death of the firstborn. The Passover, uh, as Moses and his generation experienced it firsthand. And then the Egyptians telling the Israelites to leave, and they did. And also uh, took many of the things of the Egyptians with them. But the Egyptian uh, authorities decided that they were going to lose this gravy train. And they got mad and sent the army. And sure enough, um, the army was destroyed. Uh, that uh, crossing of the Red Sea in a miraculous way at the hand of God uh, by the Israelites and then the sea coming together when the Egyptians tried to cross it as well. And so the Israelites were saved and uh, God uh, had uh, brought them uh, their freedom at last. But now they had to go to Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, which they did. And they go there, and Moses begins to receive the law. And we saw uh, that him receiving the, the Ten Commandments, as we know, uh, from Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. Uh, but then when uh, Moses and Joshua come down from the mountain, as you know from the great uh, uh, Ten Commandments movie starring Charlton Heston and Yul Brynner, and also from your Bible reading, 
the Israelites uh, got impatient waiting for Moses, built them a, a golden calf and said, uh, Behold your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Breaking the first and the second commandment, I think, uh, at least the second for sure. Uh, you shall have no other gods before me, and even of the of the uh, actual Creator God, you shall not make any image uh, that would uh, and bow down to it as if the God of the universe uh, was limited to that uh, time and space. And so, it's a great thing that um, uh, that uh, Moses was able to plead with God and intercede for the Israelites. They were saved. And then they go on, and as we have seen over these last, uh, uh, this last week of reading, Moses receives a lot of instructions about the tabernacle, the place of worship that the Israelites would hold on to and travel with up until they finally, in the days of David and Solomon, were able to build a temple in the city of uh, Jerusalem. Uh, we saw this uh, last week of God uh, calling out uh, Aaron of the tribe of Levi, Moses' brother Aaron, to be the priestly tribe. So not only uh, were they descendants of Levi, but the priests would be descendants of Aaron as well. Aaron, the first priest, the first high priest, and then his sons after him. Unfortunately, two of his sons, Nadab and Abihu, went beyond what God had commanded and uh, were struck dead because of that, because of their uh, desire to uh, fulfill their own selfish lusts rather than uh, fulfill the commands of God and serve the people in a humble, faithful, genuine way. Uh, and, and so Eliezer and Ith Ithamar were called upon to be the next sons in line for from Aaron, and they became uh, the priests instead of their brothers. And so... Um, that leaves us, uh, gets us to this week's uh, reading. And uh, in this week's reading, we, we read about how those Levites, the descendants of the tribe of Levi, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's uh, name was changed to Israel. Jacob had 12 sons and a daughter. And those 12 sons became the 12 tribes. Their descendants became the nation of Israel. Uh, one of those 12 sons was Levi, and Levi became the tribe of uh, worship and uh, tabernacle uh, care, and specifically those sacred uh, 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 parts of uh, the tabernacle itself, such as the Ark of the Covenant and the altar. And the, uh, the Levites ultimately would uh, take care of those things, and one descendant of Levi in particular, Moses' brother Aaron, uh, was chosen as the priest, and the descendants of Aaron uh, would be those who would minister before the Lord for the people uh, in the tabernacle. But the Levites were chosen to help all of uh, Aaron's uh, uh, relatives who were descended from the tribe of Levi. They were all descended from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but not all of them were descended from Levi. But the ones who were uh, helped Aaron and his sons uh, with some of the parts of the tabernacle, and that they were provided for accordingly. Uh, we've read about the first Passover celebration a year after it happened. Moses and the Israelites are in the wilderness, and they observe uh, the Passover for the first time since they had left uh, Egypt. 
And uh, what a glorious thing that must have been. Uh, what a glorious, glorious thing. As they remembered, uh, we uh, talked uh, Sunday evening in our uh, Bible class in the chapel here at West Irwin about Deuteronomy 4, 5, and 6 and how uh, throughout that passage there is the call to remember, do not forget, pass these stories and this teaching and this law along to your children and your grandchildren so that God will bless you for generations to come. Uh, well, we see them doing exactly that as they observed the Passover. God instructs Moses to choose 70 men, 70 of the elders. Uh, this would form the basis for the Sanhedrin, uh, the Jewish ruling council of Jesus' day. And these men would be the ones that would help Moses as he uh, tries to uh, work with the people and the more uh, serious judgments that were needed to be made, he would do, of course. But he uh, provided, God provided a way for even once Moses uh, is gone, that, that the people will still be able to hear from the Lord and be able to have their conflicts uh, worked out and resolved. Uh, that's where this uh, group of 70 uh, were chosen. And then we come to Numbers uh, 12 through 14. And Numbers 12 through 14 is really has several stories that I think are very, very significant. Uh, it begins with this uh, challenge that is made to Moses and his leadership from a surprising source from his own brother and sister, uh, Miriam and uh, Aaron. Miriam, remember, was there when Moses' mother uh, put him in that little <laughs> boat, ark, basket, whatever it was, set him along the reeds uh, by the river, and Pharaoh's daughter ultimately found him. And Miriam, watching, uh, was called by her to go and find uh, a Jewish woman who would uh, be the nurse for Moses. And, um, and she was able to get his own mother. So that's why Moses heard all those stories for those first 40 years, even though he was being raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, the grandson of Pharaoh himself. It was Moses' mother who was raising him as his nurse, and, and what a great blessing uh, that was. So Moses made his choice at age 40 and uh, chose to stand with God and had to flee for his life. Forty years in Midian, uh, a wife that he had there, and then God calls him and he goes back at age 80 to lead the people out of Egypt and into uh, the wilderness, ultimately to the banks of the Jordan River itself. Um, but he would not cross. Uh, he would uh, give way to the leadership of uh, his aide, Joshua. And so that's where we are. Moses and is challenged by Aaron and by Miriam, and uh, God makes it very clear and plain that it is Moses that he is called in a special way uh, to lead uh, his people. Uh, Miriam has that uh, incident where uh, she becomes leprous, but then uh, is ultimately healed. But God has made made that uh, known. And uh, over the next uh, couple of days, we'll be reading about the deaths of Aaron and of Miriam. And then in chapter 13 and 14 is this um, incredible story that is very well known, although some of the details maybe not so much. Uh, Moses calls on the leaders of all of the tribes, the 12 tribes, and he tells them, I want you to get a representative 
uh, from each tribe to go and spy out the land. And as they do, they were told to find out who's in the land. They were to bring back a very detailed report. Uh, find out who's in the land. Find out what kind of uh, army and military and weapons they have. Uh, find out how numerous they are. Uh, find out what kind of fruit is in the land. Is it good for uh, fruit? Is it good for farming? Is it good for uh, grazing? All of those things. And so uh, the 12 uh, spies go and they do that. Uh, and they're gone for 40 days, and they come back, and they give this uh, report. And in their report, uh, they say, wow, it is a it is a great land. <laughs> and they bring back some of the grapes, and, and they're, they're huge, they're enormous, they're wonderful. And, and they say, this, this land looks really, really good. But then some of them say, well, but, but, the problem is uh, there's people in the land. And uh, they're powerful, and they're big, and they're strong, and they have uh, resources to do battle. And I don't think we can take them. Do you remember how many of those 12 spies said that? And how many said, no, 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 we can take them. Our God will fight for us. He has called us into this. This is the fulfillment of his promises to our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, we can do this. Don't test the Lord and, and uh, back out of his plan and his promise. Well, you probably remember the, uh, the kid's song. Moses sent the 12 spies. 10 were bad and two were good. Well, do you remember the names? You probably remember the names of the two who were good. Their names were Joshua and Caleb, those two came back and they said, hey, we can do this. We can do this. Caleb of the tribe of Judah, uh, Joshua of the tribe of Ephraim, a uh, descendant of Joseph. And they said, hey, look, yeah, it's strong. Yeah, they're strong. They, they've got power. But, you know, God has delivered us already. We've seen his works. Uh, surely he'll deliver us. He's called us to do this. Don't, don't test the Lord uh, by doing this. But the ten were strong and persuasive, and the people, unfortunately, listened to them. And they began to, to whine and, and gripe and complain and say the things they always said. Why did you lead us out of Egypt? Why couldn't we just die in Egypt? Why? We, let's go back to Egypt rather than fulfill God's promises for us. Well, the people rebelled and... Um, it was, it was not a pretty sight. The 10 uh, that had brought back the bad report and all who followed them, uh, God dealt with them. But the two that were faithful, Joshua and Caleb, God blessed them. And, uh, and, and so God said, none of those who have said, who have doubted me, none of those who are adults now, none of those who uh, questioned my power, Will, will receive these promises, and none of those will go into the promised land, but Joshua and Caleb will. And that's exactly what happens when we get to that point uh, at the end of Deuteronomy and at the beginning of the book of Joshua. But it's interesting to me that we only remember two of those 12 uh, spies. We remember Joshua and Caleb. So much so that we even name our children, our boys, still today, 3,500 years later, we still 
uh, name our sons Joshua and Caleb. Why is that? Well, because they were men of faith. They came back and they acknowledged the difficulty, but they also did not deny the power of God. And they trusted in God and they had faith in God and, and they stood for God even against their own people, even when the crowd went against them. And so for us today, the lesson is exactly that. Will we be like the ten who were bad and who no one remembers? Or will we be like the two who were good, like Joshua and Caleb? And it sounds glorious, you know, on this side of it. But we have to remember that they said those words by faith. They took that stand by faith. And they stood with God. And they stood with God's power. And they stood with God's promises, even when they were outnumbered, even when those promises were just that, promises yet to be fulfilled. Hope that is seen is no hope at all, Paul writes in Romans 8, for who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait patiently for it. Well, Joshua and Caleb were willing to wait for it, but they were also willing to work towards it and to fight for it. And they knew that God would provide. And because of that, they are the only two out of that generation to be able to enter the promised land, to cross that Jordan River and go into Jericho and then find their tribes and find their uh, place uh, and their inheritance for them and for their descendants uh, in the promised land that God had said to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, Uh, He would give to them and to their descendants specifically. And Joshua and Caleb are able to find that fulfilled. Uh, Well, uh, on Thursday, we'll look at some more uh, good and bad. (laughs) It's always the case with God's people. And we're going to see some who rebelled against the call of God uh, to single out Aaron as the priestly tribe there There are going to be some of the other descendants of Levi who are going to say, wait a minute, what about us? Why can't we do that? Why can't we be priests? And one of the three items that is to be carried in the Ark of the Covenant or near it, uh, we learn about in this next reading. And so I hope that you will not be like the ten (laughs) that are unnamed, let's say. They had names. We just don't remember them. Be like the two. Be like Joshua and Caleb. Be like Caleb who would later say, give me this mountain to Moses, even though it was a difficult place and a difficult uh, people in there uh, that would try to defend their homeland. Uh, Caleb says, give me this mountain. Give me this place, this hill country. And then, of course, Joshua, who we know as the captain of the Israelites, taking the promised land in the book of Joshua, named for him, and then that great book towards the end, Joshua challenging the people, saying, you choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Be like Caleb. Be like Joshua. I'll see you on Thursday.